Ladies and gentlemen, we are here tonight coming to you at All About Reality. And this is a great episode where we're going to dig into some content specific to reality sports online. Goody, it's you and me, like old times kicking it. We're going to dig a little bit deep and produce an evergreen episode for those people that are new to the RSO program, that are new to the reality sports online format. And frankly, we're grateful for these new listeners we've been getting over the course of the summer. And let's let's do something fun for them. How are you, buddy? I'm doing I'm doing well. Um, got a little bit of vacation next week. Should be nice. Um, heading back to Stomping Grounds of Cleveland. I haven't been there in a little little while. Should be interesting. Then have a family event in Michigan, so uh, should should be fun. So we're we're gonna be off the air for a little bit, but um, I I think this is gonna be. I'm really looking forward to this episode. I think this will be a lot of fun for our listeners. Kind of get back to some of the po- you know poll question answers we got um, this week about RSO specific content. I think we've been lucky to have great guests um, who who are familiar with the platform, but I think sometimes people like us kind of blocking and tackling and, and, and getting into some strategy that maybe takes advantage of the listeners in their league who actually don't listen to us. And listen, guys, this is how much and where my love for Goody comes from. He doesn't just do contrarian takes on the program. He goes contrarian with his life. He leaves one of the best and most beautiful cities in our country in Seattle and goes to Cleveland for vacation. And so that's that's how he rolls. Like, he's going to go all the way in. I also do think it's a good metaphor for, for fantasy football and for the kind of forces of football, right? Like, Seattle has been a darling of the league for so long, and it seems like a lot of analysts are jumping ship, um, particularly in the fantasy sphere, and anticipating goodness in Cleveland as opposed to in Seattle. So I think your whole life is a, a metaphor for fantasy football at this point, Goody. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, that's, that's an interesting take. I mean, I could, we could probably flip our Seattle house and get, you know, like – twice twice the house in cleveland and half the payment which would be nice but then we'd have winter and finding new jobs and all that so uh and don't think that's happening anytime soon with me moving back to cleveland i can't call it the land i know that you know the whole lebron and everything when i hear when i hear the land i just it's just no it's cleveland fair enough man well listen this is i want to talk to you about a few things speaking of of cleveland and I'll start you there because it's a guy that his he he he's a supernova of charisma and he's gonna like and frankly he has been was a massive talking point early in the offseason, but across the Twitter land, he has not been a focal point as of late. And I was just wondering, um, now that we have some contract data in front of us, I'm gonna tell you the average contract data of the top uh five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Our top 13 quarterbacks in average data that we have in Reality Sports Online. So the most important position on the field, the top 13 quarterbacks have its average annual contract in the double digits in millions. So they're up the 10 million above threshold. And we're going to see some names and this is going to be instructive for our listeners. This is really fascinating stuff, man. When I looked at this and you and I uh, are similar and pretty like-minded on this, but I'm, I'm way more of a purist than you and that I just don't spend on quarterbacks, but I want to give you these names and they're informative to us for so many reasons. So Mariota is on the bottom of that. So he's our 13th ranked quarterback in terms of average annual contract. So he's a cautionary tale at this point. Like he certainly has not played up to that. Then you move up one, you have Roethlisberger. You move up one again, you have Cousins. You move up one again, Stafford, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. Here is a a daunting one. Derek Carr obviously was given a lot of long-term contracts coming off that like really good uh, second season. Then you have Brady, you have Breeze, you have Newton, Luck, Wilson, and then Rodgers at the very top. Of those 13 names, ballpark it, tell our listeners, how many of those would you actually now be comfortable with on your roster? Like, let's say you have a roster that could go either way. You can construct it in a vacuum. You could shoot for contention or build long-term. How many of those 13 guys would you feel comfortable allocating that much of your cap to? And one of them is substantially more. So Rodgers is sitting at 25 million and the rest of them are in the teens. How many of those guys are you willing to like actually pay that to, to come play for you? 
That's a that's a a good question. I think some of it has to do with age and and where you are with your team and where your team is in its life cycle, how close you are to to contending. But most importantly, before I even get to the money, it's it's all about in this case, it's all about your league scoring system. If you have dynamic scoring, and I encourage you to do dynamic scoring like we have in the podcast league, which is two quarterback superflex league, which I do in one of my other other leagues, which I'll I'll, I'll get into a specific trade I made this offseason in that. Um, then then the late round quarterback strategy you can potentially throw out the window a little bit and pay a premium for a quarterback if if it gives you a positional advantage, kind of like what we were talking with Sigmund Bloom about with like the Travis Kelsey thing. Like if you, you know, I, I think part of this is weekly variation too. So if you're in a, in a league where you have dynamic scoring, a guy like a guy like Philip Rivers is, is really interesting. And, and he's actually below that $10 million threshold because he's in a, you know, in a pass heavy kind of West coast offense where, you know, lots of good offensive weapons. He's, he's fairly consistent every now and then he gets a little interception happy, which if you're in leagues that penalize you heavy for that, you have to think about, but that's a guy that, you know, maybe isn't going to cost you ever that much in an auction because people are looking at longer ter- term quarterbacks. But at the same time, like, is getting you a week-to-week consistent output. You know, I, I had Kirk Cousins on on my in one of my leagues for the last couple of years on a on a relatively cheap deal, like when he became Washington starter, and then you know, obviously Minnesota starter, and I and that one expired this off season, and I would say that was like about four or five million dollars a year, and he produced pretty good results, but he had a lot of stinkers in games that I needed him to produce. And just a lot of you know a lot of turnovers, things like that, and and so while he finished as like QB eight in that league, I, I'm I'm looking for consistency above all else, especially in a dynamic scoring system league. So I so I would pay more for that consistency, and, um, which also includes upside, you know, high upside. So you know, just really giving numbers to our listeners. So Rogers has an average contract of 26 million. Russell Wilson's next at 17.6 million. Those are about two years a piece. I, I think those, those ranges make sense. If you're a type who's not going to, who, who's scared about Rogers getting hurt and you're not in that court. Here's my big take on Rogers and how it applies to the league where I just like, let me take a step back. I, I traded for Rodgers in a league this offseason. Team who seemingly signaled to rebuild said, hey, give me your 2.09 pick in your in the upcoming rookie draft, and I'll give you Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has a salary of over $40 million a year for the next two years. I felt that – and people – you know, some people were like, hey, goody, you're, you're off your rocker. You know, what are you doing? You, you finished third to last last year. And, and all true. I, I had a, a ton of injuries last year. Um, I've had a ton of injuries the last few years, but the way my roster was con- is constructed, I wanted that. I felt like I had enough pieces if my guys, if most of my guys stayed relatively healthy, plus the enormous ceiling that Rogers provides, such that you know, at a minimum, even if all my guy other guys wet the bed and I had Rogers, I think I could win half my games just on Rogers having you know Rogers like performances. And then, so which means that the other carved out points that you have to get is not necessarily that much. And let so, me pause you there. Yeah, your league, if I remember your settings, like because you and I went back and forth behind the scenes on this one, right? And, and I ended up actually assenting to your logic. I thought you were right on this, in in a way that is very daunting for me because I don't think any quarterback's worth twenty six million, and I don't think the positional value is like in most of the time is precisely because of what you're talking about. We we think we can predict consistency from quarterbacks, but we cannot. Um, you're sounding a lot more like a like a JJ heretic than a JJ disciple right now, right? Like it's the whole premise of late round quarterback is that we we think we're better at predicting quarterback performance than we are. But here's the deal: your league has those escalators you're talking about, right? It's a dynamic scoring league. Is yes, it, is that correct? But it's yes. also single quarterback. It is also single quarterback. Yes. Okay, so just those those pieces are are important to us. So with that in mind, now you heard that list before. You you put Rodgers is definitely at the top of the heap. Is he still the number one quarterback in your mind? Uh, that the only quarterback that you'd be willing to drop twenty six million on. 
looking at the list, I would say probably yes. Okay, now give, let me give you two other names, right? Because this speaks to the inconsistency. Right. If we're in a startup, you and I, how high are we pushing each other on? In other words, if I'm if I'm just price enforcing you, which I encourage our listeners to do, I'm like a big fan of that. I, I am not a treat to be at auction with. Like I'm the one talking trash and out loud and like goading others to do it. Like there's like different positions on that for sure. You'll find out in Scott Fishbowl, there were people that were salty about me. Like I would call out and be like, hey, I can't believe this player is still on the board if it helped me to like free up players that I wanted later in the draft, things like that. So um, so talk to me about this, man. If Patrick Mahomes and our boy Baker Mayfield are still there, are they like potentially giving us a positional advantage that you're going to go up into the $20 million range per season on them? I, I think so. I mean, the hard part, because we're talking startup league, whereas those we're guys talking are, startup we're, and we're, we're talking single flex. So startup and right. single, or single I, quarterback rather. I mean, so. if I'm, if I'm paying, I mean, I think I would pay 20 million for both those guys. Of course, I'd like to see another year to track record on that. But, you know, I, I think there's only a handful of quarterback. I think you, you have to weigh how, how other people are behaving in this. If, if you know, Rodgers says the first quarterback thrown out and he goes for 18 million, then I, at the time people may have pause, say, oh, that's expensive. And then later on, it usually turns out that that's a bargain. So, you know, because then you're someone else is paying 16 million for Cam Newton or something else. So I, I, I think that, yes, are there quarterbacks I have preferences towards, of, you know, if I'm going to start up? Absolutely. Do I think that, do I think that there's basically a finite amount of guys that I'm spending 15 million between say, if I'm going to start up, I'm targeting like to not to spend about 15 million, I would think on a quarterback at most. And if I'm going, or if I'm going for a specific one that I just like and think has upside and I'm playing the late round QB strategy, I'm, I'm going, I'm slicing that in half, be like, okay, I'll spend seven and a half million rivers is my guy, you know, like, you know, I'll go year to year with them or I'll, you know, a guy like Breeze or, or Brady or whatever, you know, the, the old guys rule type thing. No, very good, man. And I, this is why, because we've never really did like taken a deep dive into how you and I approach that at a startup. And for those of you listening, and for those of you who are like, who already have multiple leagues, want to get in another one, it's fun to see how this plays out from year to year. And we see the darlings of yesteryear, like Mariota and like Carr, really getting overpaid and it's interesting as to whether or not in your current leagues you can leverage extracting some contract value um and some draft pick value in order to get those guys right like i'm not terribly daunted by either car or mariota as a backup for me and in in many cases i'd be willing to take on a contract of car at 12 million or mariota at 10 if it secures me a draft pick that i'm comfortable with whether it's late first or early second or something like that so i think you're i think you're well set on that matt I, the only thing i would say goody is like i am really daunted by spending that much of my cap on any quarterback, even if it's Rodgers, because now you've said guys that you're comfortable with, like Baker, like Mahomes. And I think I, for this season, would be just as comfortable with guys like, like for example, I think you could make a case that Watson's going to finish the top quarterback overall over any one of those guys. I think he's going to come at a cheaper cost. I think Newton's going to have a massive discount because of what's going on with his arm. I think luck belongs in the same, in the same tier as those guys. And he too. Um, now, again, as you say, you, you check how everybody else is behaving because then at some point in most of our leagues, they're sitting at 12 people, 12 team leagues. And if it's single quarterback, a big name like Cousins or Roethlisberger or Stafford or Ryan or Wentz is not going to be in that top tier. And I'm not sure that I'm as daunted by start going into a season with them as my starting quarterback. Um, so that's that's where we're at with quarterbacks, man. So now mm -hmm. you, you come back to me. Talk to me about some fun like uh, contract-wise because I do want to talk about running backs a little bit too on this and like what we're looking at in these contract values. Keep talking to our listeners about what we see in the data sitting in front of us. And right. so, but yeah, yeah. Spit something at me, man. We we were right. summer here. So. Yeah, no, I, I I hate to like delve on my personal situation a little more, but I just want to give some more context. Just so with picking up this Rogers thing really quickly, 
Like I only have two other contracts. Before I made that trade, I only had two other contracts that were over $10 million because I had a lot of rookie draft pick capital. So like I have four running backs, Dalvin Cook, um, Leonard Fournette, who I traded an expiring Stephon Diggs for an extension for, and who are both on first round deals, Darius Geis and Royce Freeman last year. Um, I'm paying DeAndre Hopkins $29.5 million. I spent a lot of money on A.J. Green in the auction last year at $43.5 million. That contract may come back to bite me, but if he stays healthy, like I, I just think I have a lot of horses in my starting lineup. I have Cooper Cup on a second-round rookie deal. I have my beloved Browns on defense for $2.5 million. So, you know, I, I, I just – while I had Cousins and Rivers and could have got them back, you know, in the auction or anything else that it wasn't a huge, it was, you know, a great free agent pool. It's not often that somebody comes to you with, Hey, you can have Rogers for 2.09. If you absorb the contract, I, I, we talked about it a lot. And, you know, in my head, I felt like that gave me a, a good two year window that if, if my guys can stay relatively healthy, that I, you know, I had a lot to look forward to there in a, in a, you know, pretty top heavy league. So going back to the contract data, sorry about that segue for a second. Just wanted to kind of put a bow on this because I'm sure that I'm going to get some tweets on this, um, you know, when this episode goes live. And, and so we talked about quarterbacks. I, I think there's different strategies, really league dynamic, league scoring system, super flex. We've already talked about ad nauseum. Like you're, you're paying 25 million for your QB one. You're probably paying 20 million for your QB two, or, you know, if it's a 10 team league, maybe you can get away with it and play volume of quarterbacks and, and kind of do the Nick Foles next year starter thing and bridge, you know, on that for a few million a year. So in, in terms of running backs, you know, I, I think that um, we had a Twitter, one of our Twitter followers who left a nice review for us last summer, Brent, Brendan Emenizer, um, asked about he loves when we give specific contract value. So running just in the, at the running back position, the average contract, um, average annual salary, we have three players over $30 million, Le'Veon Bell at $35.5 million. Todd Gurley the second at thirty three point one million. We've talked a lot about Gurley, so DJ David Johnson at thirty point three million, and then you start getting into Ezekiel Elliott, um, Melvin Gordon are both close to the thirty million. Ezekiel Elliott, those couple of those guys can be found on rookie contracts in some cases, and then it gets kind of confusing because you have the hybrid of people who are playing in startups and on rookie deals. So a guy like McCaffrey's at fifteen point three million you'd be jumping at now to get them at that if you're a startup league right now and you're spending if you get McCaffrey for less than 30 million 30 million a year and, and I, I would put the four years on him still like we did last year um love that so I I think that you know the, the question becomes like how how much in your, in the running backs it's a paradigm of how many years do you want to give these guys? I think that's what, you know, Mark Pesavento and I talk about a lot in our leagues. I don't think he like, you know, for the very reason that what's going on with Todd Gurley right now, he does not like, he does not like to give long-term contracts and an auction to a running back. What are your thoughts? I think he and I uh, align quite well on that. I'm very comfortable as you saw, for example, in the writer's league, I was much more comfortable pushing the envelope for, for very high contracts on, on one and two years, higher than other guys were comfortable even going near. I, I, as a rule, have the highest paid running backs in the league on my team because they tend to be on very short contracts. And um, so that's kind of where I was, I'm willing to cut corners at other places. I'm willing to uh, like totally kind of sacrifice the tight end or quarterback position if it means that I have a player like McCaffrey on my team. Um, especially at startup, for sure. Um, and then I think after that, it's all about properly managing your roster and your draft assets to get those running backs on their first contract. I think that that's that becomes a field tilter, and it becomes like something that is just absolutely imperative as you continue to team build. But but yeah, man, I think so. Let's talk about this year. Obviously, the contracts for for of those top three guys, Bell, Gurley, and David Johnson. Um, those and let's really expand it to the top five guys because then you have a, a roughly three out of five hit rate. All these guys were around thirty million dollars: Bell, Gurley, Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, and Melvin Gordon. I think you're still looking at three of those guys fetching that. Johnson, Elliott, and Gordon are going to come in around that at a startup. 
Um, if you had to tell me one of those three guys is going to be the one that we cringe at when looking at the RSO contract data next year, which one of those three, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, or Melvin Gordon is going to be the one that, that hurts us to look at much like Bell and Gurley do right now. To be honest with you, I have paused on a long-term deal on all three of those guys at, at that clip for various reasons. Yeah. I mean, of course, of course. And, I, I mean, just like, let's say you're just dropping the two year, right? Like you're, you're mm-hmm. just doing it to get, you're, you're being responsible. You're like, I absolutely am comfortable with, with Gordon where he's at at 30 million this year or Johnson or Zeke. Um, which one is the immediate cliff that we have to be afraid of? Do you think like, which one, like you're, you're looking in the crystal ball for our listeners and for these GMs now, which one of those guys is not, does not merit that like either this year or next season, that is going to be a bad, bad use of resources. I mean, I definitively like the Zeke Zeke Elliott the most of those three at that. All things being equal at the price, I mean, who knows on the on the character side? But if you're giving like two years, I don't think you're too worried about it. Um, I, for me, I think that the variance of outcomes and the higher probability of regretting it next year would be David Johnson versus Gordon. Cause I think Gordon's just a more solidified proven offense that we know works in the NFL. Whereas, you know, while the cliff Kingsbury offense has a lot of potential ceiling, it, we don't know what the floor is. I, I mean, I I've read some overtures this week about, you know, it could just be coach speak, but that chase Edmonds, like, you know, looks like a guy who deserves to be on the field. Some, so I I think that you know I think David Johnson's gonna have a pretty good year and, and be effective in the passing game and in the run game probably score a lot of touchdowns um, because I think Arizona will be playing from behind and, and he'll have a lot of usage. That said, the potential the potential of between he and Gordon I think that the potential for regret is higher on Johnson. Absolutely. Now and before we get deeper on the list. Uh, it's instructive. We we do have a pretty clear top four. We talked about this with Sigmund um, in our last pod, but I just want to break it, break it down for you a little bit more intensely. So we have McCaffrey and Kamara, and then we have Zeke, and we have uh, Saquon Barkley. Those four are all probably going to fetch at least $35 million per year over the course of four years, and those contracts will be much more intense if you try to keep them brief and responsible, right? You're looking at paying them like 40 to 45 million if you want it to be a one or two year contract, um, maybe even as high as like 50 or 60 million if you really want it only to be one. I assume those guys all have some combination of youth and productivity, so you don't have to put them on a one year. You've already said Zeke is the one that you don't like out of that crowd. Um, is there any- No, I, that I do like. Oh, um, pardon me, that you do like out of that crowd. Um, but compared to those other three, is there any of those four that you say that you like that you say like look we it's going to cost you this at a startup and they're just not worth that? Uh, give the names again. We have McCaffrey, um, Barkley, yeah, Zeke, and um, Kamara. Those are the consensus top four. Those are all the experts top four right now. Those guys are going top four in the FFPC. They're on fantasy pros. Like those guys are going to be the top of almost every, um, barring super flex formats. Sure. Like th- those, like those guys are going to cost you a four year contract most likely. And then the other four year contracts in the league are likely going to go to the top wide receivers. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Like, are you of a mind at this point that you would rather save your four year for a receiver or would you rather get one of those guys as a pinnacle and a, and a, and a building block for your team as a real pillar for your team? It's a great question. Um, I'm kind of looking at those guys interchangeably with some of the top receivers. So I'm not walking away from a startup league without one of those four or a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, for instance. Right. So the, I think it really just kind, kind of becomes like value-based drafting, so to speak. Because like I, I another like flipping this on its side for you, like how, how many players in a startup are you giving more than $40 million a year for? I don't know that that's my MO typically. So I'm curious. You know, I know people would probably pay that for Barkley. And I think we've seen that, you know, even in, in the podcast league. But I, I just... 
I, I think I kind of have a theoretical threshold in my mind that I'm not spent in a first year or, or something else that I'm not necessarily spending more than X on a player. Uh, I do believe in theoretical thresholds, and I, but I am at a point this season, right, because the tier is expanding of those top running backs. I would be less inclined this particular startup season to spend extravagantly on one of those four running backs because I have a little bit more confidence in guys more towards the back end of the first round. I think I'd be more inclined to to take a big swing on a four-year contract on some of the wide receivers. So let's talk about them for a mm -hmm. moment if you would and, and tell me like where you're how you're feeling about those guys too for sure because i think um i think if you had to guess in terms of the 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 big money that's going into the offseason now the diehards are playing i love this time because anybody listening to us right now has a significant advantage they're going to go and rock their drafts because they know what the, the real experts like are out there are going after and right now we have a pretty clear top tier of of wide receivers too uh, amongst the experts and so let me tell you who those guys are there's six of them so in addition to those four running backs you're probably going to be be able to push out that running back tier frankly to include melvin gordon too on on redraft leagues and what you want to do with him in terms of reality sports online is a, is a different thing altogether but so you have those five running backs and then you have these six wide receivers so we're almost at the end of the first round and then you could make an argument for Kelsey, as Sigmund Bloom so eloquently did, or like for another running back or another wide receiver. But these six guys are are a, some combination of youth and productivity that will certainly merit attention in an RSO league. At the top of the heap, or actually we'll work our way up, at number six, you have the precocious Juju Smith-Schuster. It's easy to fall in love with that kid. He's like doing well. He's stepping into a big role. He has People are daunted by him having like the top coverage cornerback but other than that uh it's not driving down his price at all he's an absolute first rounder at this point um odell beckham jr is coming in at number five well uh, paired now in a system and a quarterback that we love for the foreseeable future um and then you have the quote-unquote good michael thomas in new orleans poor poor mike thomas has never made much of a name for himself he's like flipping burgers <laughs> somewhere um and then julio jones still coming in at number three um a Packer to be named later. No, Devontae Adams is coming in at number two. And then DeAndre Hopkins at number one. Um, those are your five that, that are going to probably fetch $35 million per year over four years or $30 million per year over four years, just based on our historical data here, like what Antonio Brown's contract looks like and Julio's contract. Any, one of, any of those six that you're like, I love that guy at that price or I am not touching that guy at that price? I'm still loving Hopkins. If he was doing all that last year with like with injuries that seem to be pretty serious, and he and you're getting healthier receivers on the opposite side of him, say Will Fuller coming back, Kiki Cutie coming back, um, the Death Cab for Cutie tour. <laughs> um, I, like, yeah, I, I think I think Hopkins is just such a weapon. I really love watching the guy, and he's he's somebody I root for that I that I'd want on my team. Just catch it catches everything paired with an ascendant quarterback in Watson. So I I'm paying the most for Hopkins of the, of the receivers, thirty five million, no problem. Um, I I'm still paying on the and, and I'd still you know four years on him, no no problem there. Pay maybe up to forty depending on what the dynamic is. But in terms of Julio Jones, I've never really had him on my roster, but. Guy's just a beast. I, I don't know that I'd be giving him four years at this point, but I'd be comfortable giving him two or three still, especially if he's a piece that he I think he's one of those pieces that's probably cycled through some auctions now and may actually become be a free agent in some auctions. And and he's still, I think, a prize piece to those who have, you know, Buku cap space. You know, he fetched like fifty-five million a year in, in my in in the one league I'm in last year, and then I paid like 43 and a half for AJ Green as a consolation prize, and you're getting a way healthier guy in Julio. So, you know, tethered to, uh, you know, probably a little bit better of an offense. Um, so, I, I, I like obviously OB, OBJ, you know, I'd probably give three years to OBJ just in case he does something like goes awry and he becomes a malcontent in Cleveland as opposed to four at this point. Unless like there, there's an extension offer sitting in my box, basically with the extension feature, 
in, in season and that number seems reasonable if you can to, or if it's an off season one you can capture any type of uncertainty that you know may be built into that um michael thomas is, is super consistent um i'm gonna say michael thomas though is the one that i would have the biggest pause of giving a contract to compared to those running backs and the only reason i'm saying that is drew is drew Brees' longevity for sure man and so this is where like this is where as we look at our rso build we know that we can get one of these guys for 35 million per year over four years and then our three-year contracts could potentially be used like of all the names that I just named, you you realistically have a shot at three of these guys. And that's one of the things that I would encourage and I, I would really press and impress and press upon people. When you enter a startup auction, particularly if you're like if everybody's new to the reality sports online format, go big right away. If you walk away from your draft, think about it. these are all first round players. How good would you feel in your redraft league if you walked away? with DeAndre Hopkins and Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. Like that's the beauty and part of the joy of this format. It's why it blows away so many other formats. For those of you who have played at auction before, you know that this is a fun element to it. But for those of you that have uh, taken the leap and are brave enough and are like fascinated enough by this hobby to hop into RSO, you know that the extension piece and you know that the fact that you can spread out this um, over three or four years means that you can really build a roster with these guys. And so go for it. Like, don't back down. Like if it's a guy that you're going to love having on your team, if I'm starting an RSO league this year, which by the way, I'm totally, you know me, I'm just like drooling over like the prospect of that at this point. I'm like, I'm like twitching a little bit that I haven't had a start up this league, but I, I would love, uh, I, I don't know what it is, but Odell Beckham Jr. tied to Baker Mayfield. I just, I just love the prospect of, I would, I would totally tie myself to that, that wild ride for like, for, for four years i just want to be at that mad hatter's tea party to see what happens i don't even care if it blows up <laughs> in my face right like and so so that's it man like that's i mean tell me tell me if you think different i mean you 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 and i build this is one way that we build very similar you usually have three at least three 35 million dollar per guys at a startup right like is that a fair assessment of your team too i think i've evolved over time to that um based on who i've played in leagues with i think what one thing you can there's so many different ways you can approach this but it the way i the way my mind is starting to operate more often than not now is i'm i'm about guys who i think have the potential for a high volume as my as the guys i'm putting a lot of money into so last year you know in in the in the podcast league you know we got one quarterback we liked based on the scoring system so drew Brees is super flex and then it, we we really it was mccaffrey or bust for us we we had you know i, I don't think we pushed to the limit of where we would have paid but we he certainly came in the range like for 120 that we were targeting we knew that he had an enormous role in the in the offense and wasn't going to come off the field you know i think he even exceeded those expectations then we kind of paired that with a guy like Keenan Allen who had a lot of – so like, you know, like a Michael Thomas type. It's always a receiver where you have no doubt about what, what they're going to get. A running back who has pass catching, uh, you know, ability and the ability to, you know, that like that isn't wholly tethered to touchdowns. And then a tight end, you know, we had Ertz who – just a lot, a lot of pass volume offense, like favorite tight end. So, you know, the, that's really where we spent our money. And then you kind of like, you paint the, you can paint the corners with a lot of the other stuff. If, if those guys are, are successful. So, I mean, and those guys evolve over time. Like you don't, it doesn't necessarily, you know, I like to spend my high end money on that, but I think enough people are like happy enough that, if you had, and I wouldn't necessarily say be a be a wide receiver one, but if if in your mind Julian Edelman is going to get 200 targets this year, spend the 15 million on Julian Edelman. <laughs> so it's it's just kind of about what the, you know, what that looks like. So just giving some specific data because I, I do want to like give actual numbers to folks. You gave kind of rankings, um, in our receivers, you had Antonio Brown was 35.6 million. Maybe a little on the high side for the for the Raiders now. So if you, he's coming up in auction, I I think that you know 
I still think he's in the 25 to 30 range. Depends on what your team looks like. Julio Jones, 34.7 million. Um, we got a Twitter question. Um, someone, Stephen Arose, said that he hosts a podcast, I think 49ers one, was asking about, hey, what happens in league dynamics where, you know, someone's paying like cheaper contracts, like 18 million for a guy like Julio Jones or 50 million. And, you know, we have data that kind of support. I, I, I think one thing is I, I don't think, aside from the quarterback position, I, the data that we look at in, in you know, the – like hundreds of thousands of leagues that that are here, like I don't think anyone's stealing a guy necessarily outside of like you know the rookie rookie stuff. So, you know these contract values that we're getting giving to you are fairly representative. Yes, your league may have a couple of people who do things unconventionally, go nuts. We'll have three quarterbacks because then they want to control the trade market or something else, and you know they'll have Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers in a one quarterback league because they feel like they can flip them. You know. So not not everything is vanilla, but um, I just kind of going these kind of Beckham Jr. thirty two point one million. It's like right there with what I expect. Hopkins thirty point nine. Mike Evans twenty eight point three. I think Mike Evans had some cheap extensions a couple of years ago, um, and and that's kind of seems like his range. AJ Green twenty six and a half. Um, I, you know AJ Green's a potential steal this year if you're willing to weather you know the fact that there's a perception on him that he's injury prone but when he sees when he when he plays he's phenomenal still michael thomas 25.5 million and i think that's rising and ascending with him likely signing a, a long term deal in new orleans even though breeze may not be around forever keenan allen 24.7 million devonte adams 22.6 i think devonte adams a great offseason trade target i counseled someone who I did some consulting with last year to go get Devonte Adams on a one year, $31 million deal. And um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, and he got him and Kirk cousins in Superflex league um, two years, like in the pretty cheap contract in exchange for Cam Newton one year, 15 million. All right. All right. I'm getting so okay with your okay, high, I'm high sorry. Science I'm, over here. Just no. Just okay. The, the, like, no, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, I'm just I'm just saying that I'm just saying that Devontae Adams is better than any free agent that's in in a in leagues right now. Oh, congratulations. The number two overall ranked like wide receiver in fair, in fair enough. Is fair better enough. than a twenty two No, like no, you're a better analyst than that. Fair. Tell, tell me which lower ranked like wide receiver is the one that we're like, wow, I landed him for seven or eight at a startup. And he's going to break – because here's the good news. Like what you did do for us right there, Brown, Jones, Beckham, Hopkins, Evans, A.J. Green, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, uh, Devontae Adams. The next few are Amari Cooper, Hilton, Cooks, Diggs, Hill, Thielen, Allen Robinson, Landry. All those guys are are registering – like you go down that list – and I'm not in pain if I have any of those guys at their price on my roster, right? Like the lower end of that is at 17, 18 million. And then all of them are between 17 and 25 million. Like that's pretty awesome, right? So whereas the running backs, you have kind of a coin flip as to whether or not you're going to hate your life the next season. All these guys are workable, like as a trade asset or a trade target, as you said. Like, like both, you're right, like on both sides of it, for sure. So so look down that list, like dig down into the data, right? Like our, our seven or $8 million guys from last season, like one name just pops and, and you highlighted him. Juju Smith-Schuster like is, is way down there on the list. He's, he's only 9 million. Like obviously that's a lot of rookie deals and things like that. And, and rookie deals aside, can you think of any free agent that you're like, here's my stab in the dark. He's going to cost a little bit, but whether it be a Tyler Boyd whether it be one of those guys, like, is there anybody that you, that's down the list? Cause I've got one, I've got a name that I want to like, and, and you can, I I'm saying you can, you can throw guys out that, that the train is already like going full tilt for like, like Godwin or somebody too. But is there any way that you're like, here's your guy, guy, like go get him and, and don't, don't skimp, like, like pay a little bit more than you need to throw it up to 9 million. If you have to, who's that guy? Who is it? Like, help me out. Are, are we talking about startup? Yeah, of course. Yeah, because this is how our data is instructive. And, and just so so all of our listeners understand, we're looking at data from all leagues, whether they were startups, whether they were 
Um, they've existed for five or six years. And that's why, like, as Goody was saying, it gives us a pretty good representative sample because no one's like stealing anything here. Like, I think it's fair to say we all understand that Antonio Brown was going to be the highest paid wide receiver. But you can just take that Antonio Brown number of 35 million and apply that to DeAndre Hopkins if you want to, if you want to think about it in startup terms. So I think that's why it's still instructive for us. So help me out with like a $9 million guy. Um, that's further down the list. So we're talking like in the 20 to 30 range right now, but you're like, I believe that this guy's going to pop a little bit this season and, and is going to creep up into that like really beautiful contract here. If he's at, at a startup next year, he's going to be a top 12 guy. Sure. Um, I, I have, I have two, I have two guys. I really like like in that type of type of range. Then I have some like sleeper type guys. I mean, I do like in general for a one year type contract. I like I, I like Edelman's prospects. I like Deshaun Jackson. You know, I think those guys can be had for you know reasonable contracts. You know, on a one year deal and, and will produce this year. In terms of in terms of guys, I, I'm I'm looking at for you know longer term that you can get for a steal right now. My, my my number one guy is Cooper Cup. Um, I'll I'll weather whatever he does post injury this year. You know, based on on the upside he has going forward, I, I mean, I I think that you know that offense is isn't going away. He was such a key piece of that offense in terms of how they scheme for him, how they run end arounds for him, how they even have him block. That I think that just getting him back in that mix, and you know, there may be a little bit of ramp up this year. Fine, but you're get you're getting him at a discount for for that, and I think you've only seen part of what he can do. And the the upside on that is enormous. So I think a lot of you know people who are like, especially a startup, I think that the money's right. I think I think Kenny Galladay is a similar similar guy for me too that has like the upside, um, you know, or or like a DJ Moore. I mean, I know these guys were rookies at some point, you know, recently in the last two three years. The, those are the types of guys that I I would like if I was looking at startup and I thought that they. You know, if I could have those guys for ten million dollars a year, I I'd be you know on two three year deals. I I'd be loving it. Yeah, I really like the DJ Moore call. Um, I I I would defer to the better judgment and wisdom of our listeners on the other ones. I think a little bit farther down the list, the only one that I would add is like you get into names that are now people have doubts about or are ascending, like the Corey Davises and the Mike Williams of the world. The only other one that I would throw into that mix, like two guys a little bit lower that I think are worth uh, taking a big swing on. Um, actually, I'll, I'll give you three. I think Robbie Anderson has some really beautiful efficiency numbers, and now he's tethered to Sam Darnold. And I, I really, more and more, I'm starting to believe in the long-term outlook of wide receivers that are tethered in real life for significant contract lengths to good quarterbacks. Um, Dante Pettis matches some of those criteria for me and finally Christian Kirk um obviously I'm a little bit more skeptical of him because you still have one of the greatest receivers of all time playing across from him or in the slot around him depending on how you look at it all those new you have Matt Wallman's favorite wide receiver and Hakeem Butler coming in to like take targets and you have a rookie quarterback but those three I think are worth those are the kind of guys that I'm populating my roster with after taking the massive, dropping the massive contracts on the more sure things that you talked about, like running backs that get receiving work and and the, the top tier wide receivers that we already alluded to. So buddy, um, we're, we're pushing towards an hour. Like the time has flown with just you and I, which is awesome. I was thinking about this. If, if we could start one of these startups and each one of us could pull in a celebrity guest, like what celebrity guest do you want to play with? Like that? Do you want in a league chat with you? Do you want the trash talk flying? Like which celebrity do you want in the scene? And it can be a, a, a minor celebrity in our fantasy football community, or it can be like a significant celebrity, like out there, like a real bona fide, like blue check mark multi million follower celebrity. Oh, that's such a good question. I'm not prepared for this. I'm really not prepared for this. I'm going to give you mine while you think about it. Yeah, that's fair enough. So um, he was, We. I know he's good at football, or at least he has interest in football. I, and he's dreamy, and he's wonderful. And and he's uh, a longstanding, like, young Luke and old Luke have equal amounts of affection for him. But John Bon Jovi, the former owner of the Philadelphia Soul, uh, 
the indoor arena team uh, is the man that I would like want in a league. Like I, I like I like what he does. I think he has like business acumen. I think he like likes the world. Right, he has his restaurant that's pay what you can in New Jersey. Uh, like it just would be awesome to have him in the league because I think he would care. I think he would get funny anecdotes. I think like that that's the guy that like I would just I would just be like. Totally, I'd be willing to trade all the teams that I have to like be in a league with him for sure. Yeah, that, that's a, that, that's a that's a really good one. Um, I, I, I'm still I'm still thinking about this. Um, I I think for me, I kind of have like a a lesser lesser one who I know already plays fantasy football, um, and and that would be Tom Everett Scott. Um, I, I I know that he he. He's a big fantasy football fan. It's on one of my favorite TV shows, which I've tweeted about before. I'm sorry on True TV with the great Andrea Savage. Um, really irreverent and funny. Um, so I, I think he he would add value to that and, and maybe actually be a realistic person to play with. Um, on on that side, on the other side of things, um, like if I'm if I'm looking at. I don't know. I you know between pop culture and music and this and that. Um, I that that's that's a really really tough question for our listeners. The reason why this is a tough question is one thing I've discovered about Goody is he has a like a much more comprehensive and he's got a better memory and a much more comprehensive knowledge of pop culture than I do. Like my pop culture knowledge is roughly aligned to that of what, like my wife plays things in the background until I like, Oh, I like the song. She's like, yes, I've been conditioning you like a puppy for the last two weeks to like the song or my children. I'm like, I am super well versed in Paw Patrol. Like, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> I like that. That's like where I'm at. But like, but you actually have kind of an encyclopedic knowledge back a few years on this stuff. And so I, I put you on the spot because you're the better pop culture aficionado. So like, like, so like, like come at me, man. Like you, there's yeah. gotta be, there's gotta be some like obscure, like nineties rapper that like we, we only you and I love, or like, you know, like, or only you love that I've never heard of, you know, like, what, like who are you coming with? So, so. Yeah. The hard, the hard part with that is like, whether I know whether they'd be engaging in, 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 in it or not. So like, I, I mean, if he was still around Fife dog from a tribe called quest, um, right. you know, I'm a big sports fan. I, I, would, I would certainly have him in the league. I think he would be a lot of fun, big sports fan. So um, while we're at it, so kind of going to, to another question and I'm going to flip this on you. Cause I, I'm curious what your answer is. So you always ask what fantasy game, if it wasn't, if it wasn't football, like that you would assign scoring to or anything else that, that like you'd be all about. And I'm curious what that would be for you. Yeah, I think, I think uh, it would be like a really nerdy, like um, role-playing game type thing for sure. I would, I would like want to assign fantasy value to um, some kind of online role-playing, whether it was like an online version of Magic the Gathering or something of that nature, right? Like I think I would go like just full nerd tilt, and just and just go all the way in to that for sure. Um, yeah, I think that would be my answer. I think we're already. I, the more I think about fantasy football, and the more when I can think of myself in a amused fashion, the more I think fantasy football is just uh, reminds me so much of of like kind of the joy and kind of the the kind of unabashed way that like my children play with each other, and I, when I watch like. Um, I watched like young people create community together, like whether they be my students in high school, like fantasy football really is like that. Like you and I have built a friendship and it's fantasy football gives guys permission to just be playful and imaginative and come up with ideas and, and, and use their intellect for something that's total levity and not a lot of gravity. And, and I really, really like that about it. And, and so, yeah, like it's basically giving really kind of like, "Quote unquote masculine sports lovers like the ability to be nerds and to relax their guard a little bit, and so I'm much more comfortable being all out nerd. So Magic the Gathering would be it for me. So. Okay, yeah, I mean it's an interesting point you bring up about fantasy football and community because I do feel like yes, I yes, like you build community community online and everything else, but I feel like on game day, I'm very siloed." 
and 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 maybe it's a city where I didn't grow up and that we moved to for you know work and and all that. But I I think that you know I find myself like on football Sundays like I, I don't like to tweet a lot on Sundays. I kind of like watch the game as opposed to seeing alerts every five seconds. I you know. I, I'm talking to a few people that maybe I've partnered up with. Like I think between like you and Mark and maybe a, a two other people, uh, you know, and maybe a, a friend or two that I'm watching a game with, I almost I feel like I'm watching by myself because I'm too annoying to watch football with for somebody <laughs> else. And it's it's real this this upcoming season is really going to be interesting and different because this is the first one that I can remember probably since you know. 2000 and I would say 2002 since the like the Browns have my at real attention and that I am going to want to watch that so I I, I don't know how I'm going to work that right now and, and frankly it scares the bejesus out of me fair enough man well listen I am so excited we're talking football in June we both have like some vacation coming up with our families buddy absolutely uh go get rested up I suspect something like earth shattering is going to happen in the football world while we're both away and like away from this, this piece. But, um, but RSO is making great moves behind the scenes. I can't be happier than ever that you and I are tied to this platform. I really appreciate the work that Pappy and, and Steven and Kyle put in behind the scenes to continue to make this a better platform for us and grow this community. Uh, thank you to all of those of you that are, um, reviewing and writing reviews and letting us know and coming to us with these questions online uh like our listener base is growing and and yeah we're, we're going we're this has been going on for a while now buddy and it's growing and, and i'm really pleased with how you're um how you've, you've helped the, the podcast to grow look we're, we're here bud it's been awesome and uh it's been a good middle of the summer how, how are you feeling you got any other thing you want to throw out to our listeners before we head out uh, I, I actually don't just everybody enjoy enjoy their summers we may not be back with you before July 4th we'll, we'll try we're, we're working some big guests you kind of see some of that publicly and you know we're doing some things privately just have people that you may not be aware of who have relevant fantasy minds and and you know I guess the one other thing I'll say is we, we have a couple people in the podcast league are start starting off doing kind of doing their own writing thing and I, I do want to plug for for Jenna Davis um, I think her Twitter handles fantasy G R L R U um, at Twitter. And she, she's working for a website called create a rank, which is, you know, kind of an up and comer start starting something that's kind of customized. And, you know, I, I mean, her, her first love is reality sports online and she's kind of, I think she started doing it before a year before I did even. So, uh, you know, check Jenna out. I, I, I think she, you know, she, she appreciates the feedback and, and, and does solid work and um, you know, she really knows her stuff. So, you know, a shout out to Jenna there and, you know, thank you everybody. Like enjoy, in, enjoy, enjoy this time, the summer and, you know, all that good stuff. So well said, Goody. To all of you out there, keep hammering those trades, keep sending us your rosters, sending us your questions about contract values. We will be back at you soon enough, but enjoy your summer vacation. If you had it, if you don't keep digging, keep grinding, and we'll, we'll keep coming to you with great fantasy contact at All About Reality. <laughs>